Welcome to another episode. I am V, and this is the Sussex Set. Welcome to episode 49, I believe. Ooh, I feel like so much has happened since the last episode. Mostly positive, and that's a nice change up. Mostly positive, but so many things have happened even just in the last seven days. Of course, I am going to discuss a lot of those things, including delving more into the book now that I've had a chance to finish the book, uh, Finding Freedom by Omid and Carolyn Duran, and which, by the way, is now a New York Times bestseller. That is a coveted title. And that's something that you can put in front of your name like forevermore, like Grammy winning artist or Oscar winning artist. Well, for that's pretty much for authors, fiction and nonfiction. That's that's the title you want to go for. You feel <laughs> like even that, even though that might not have been what an author sets out to accomplish. It's nice when it happens. So kudos to them. And what I love about it is regardless of what you think about the book, regardless of what you think about the authors of the book, the book is fair. And like I said, it colors in a lot of detail for a lot of the things that we pretty much knew to be true for what was happening behind the scenes. Or we we had inklings, of course, for how closely, closely we were looking. But I'm glad that it happened to a book that's actually giving us the real the realty and letting us know that rather confirming that there were a lot of awful things that happened behind the scenes. And now it's it's a part of the public knowledge and it will be forevermore. So congrats to them. That's no small accomplishment. And again, that is a highly coveted title. So good for you. Good for you. Definitely. So I want to start with just briefly Harry and Megan just settling into life in California as well as their new professional lives as non-working senior royals or non-senior royals. We love to see it. Uh, <laughs> we love to see it. Uh, they're really, they're making this transition and they're doing a great job, it must be said. So many connections these two have. It's it's really unbelievable, not surprising at all. But it's nice when you actually see the work that's done behind the scenes that we're not going to be privy to anyway. But then when a project is ready to be rolled out or is about to be rolled out, and then boom, it's just released like the Netflix Rising Phoenix documentary about the Paralympics. Amazing. Amazing. Because all they're doing is staying in their lanes, but offering the best of themselves to all the projects they give to. That's literally all anyone has to do to be great, right? I mean, just just basically follow your passion, follow what's important to you and give the best of yourself to that. They just get to do it in public, you know, but Harry's very connected and tied to athletes who are seeking to do more, be more, accomplish more beyond themselves. For Harry, it centers around his Invictus games, 
you know, and of course, that is grounded in his military service and serving alongside a lot of those athletes who participate in the Invictus Games, which is sort of like an equivalent to or uh, you could say a sister to the Paralympic Games. Same could be said for the Warrior Games. And if you haven't seen the trailer, please give it a watch. It's going to be on Netflix. It's, can I just say it is so badass? Seeking to do more, be more, accomplish more beyond themselves. For Harry, it centers around his Invictus Games, you know? And of course, that is grounded in his military service and serving alongside a lot of those athletes who participate in the Invictus Games, which is sort of like an equivalent to, or uh, you could say a sister to the Paralympic Games. Same could be said for the Warrior Games. And if you haven't seen the trailer, please give it a watch. It's going to be on Netflix. It's, can I just say it is so badass? It's really dope. And I like the way they took the idea of it and said, these are not people that you need to feel sorry for. Like these are athletes. And the trailer takes on this very cool tone with respect to these athletes that are featured in the documentary. And of course, you're going to see interviews with other people, but to see the trailer and then to see Harry talking about, I'm pretty sure he's going to be talking about the Invictus Games. Uh, and and may, I don't, who knows, maybe I'm assuming a lot of the things that he's learned from these athletes and then just putting on the games and then giving them an outlet to perform. But then also the mental health component that goes right along with the Invictus Games and, you know, the Warrior Games. And, and something like that is so important when it comes to changing the way we as everyday people think about disability or diversity and humanity and human potential are like right at the center of it. But I love that Harry has just been doing all this work in the background. I'm sure Harry and Megan have been, but then now we're seeing the rollout of a lot of their passion projects and areas of expertise And by the way, that documentary is going live on Netflix in less than a week. I think it's August 26th. Definitely make sure you check that out. I can't wait to see it. Like I said, everybody in the documentary, all the athletes especially, honestly, they kind of look like Marvel heroes (laughs) to me. Uh, And just the things that they're able to do given the starting point for a lot of these athletes because you can see it goes back to when they were children they're talking about their stories and their journeys I mean I'm pretty sure it's going to make me question am I actually doing all that I can do and I think that's probably one of the goals here Uh, but then also to bring awareness to the fact that given the opportunity yeah, they might could use support and definitely bringing more attention and awareness to Paralympic Games such as that. So I can't wait to see it. We also got to see Megan doing her interview for the 19th News with Emily Ramshaw. I 
I love the fact that the interview was more of a conversation. I loved how they always brought it back to women being able to have that voice, but then not just certain women, but all women being able to use that voice and then also be represented by media in a responsible and at very minimum in a fair manner, which is so important. We think about news and there used to be a time when we trusted news to be true, truthful. We took for granted that it was what it was. And now I mean, news has always been owned by somebody at some point. I mean, always been owned by somebody, but it wasn't as biased as it is nowadays. And so a lot of times women's voices get lost in that. And it highlights how important, I mean, just that that whole summit with the 19 News organization, it highlights the importance of women owning their voice in the news and carving out a space in journalism. It's an independently funded organization, very grassroots. And I, you know, it's one of those types of organizations that Harry and Meghan were referencing on Sussex Royal when they made their original statement about how they weren't going to really be entertaining the Royal Rota, but that they were going to be putting as a priority those or giving access uh, primarily to those institutions that are grassroots. They kind of always get pushed to the side. Well, I like how Megan really brought it front and center. And you could see how Emily on Twitter, I know a lot of us, when we come across these new organizations or Sussex affiliated organizations, we follow them. Right. And she has been tweeting or in the lead up to the interview or the summit about how they've received so many donations and, you know, it's much needed. You know, we've gotten to see some of the journalists that work in that organization and uh, be more acquainted with their work. But to see the support that even just being associated with the organization or Megan doing the interview, of course, because that's a big piece of news when that dropped in and of course on the interview day to see how they benefit from that you know because it's right in line with her expertise and what her lane is which is promoting women and women's voices Um, and of course a news organization or uh, organization led by a journalist the platform itself is uh, the purpose is the promotion of women's voices and so they just make it look so easy to be that great and in dictating the narrative around their work it makes the fluff pieces about them hard to get any traction but the fact that they're now free if you will you know that's a word we've been using since January and they're just doing their work and they're going about their business and they're doing it in peace it sort of highlights the fact that when they were in England I swear to God, people joke about Harry being a hostage and the derangers are saying, oh, well, you know, Harry, Harry's a hostage and she must put a spell on him. And now they were actually hostage when they were in England because they had to sit idly by. They couldn't pick what they, you know, spoke about what they I mean, they had their patronages, but they couldn't do the things that they're doing now. 
not to the extent that they're doing them and not to the extent that they're about to do them. Just completely unchained, right? But they couldn't even speak up for themselves when they were being lied on on a daily basis. So now that their work is shining so brightly and that the world is now focused and paying attention and Harry and Meghan's fans aren't necessarily worried about their well-being in the way that we were when they were over there. And the fact that they specifically said that they're not really working with the Royal Rota and, and not even Buckingham Palace can speak for them. Nothing that is written by those same tabloids about them for the work that they're doing today Nothing sticks and there are no leaks. You know, I know um, this is a little bit of a tangent, but there are no leaks. There are no, um, no more fluff pieces, no more. I mean, they, they're trying very hard. I'm going to get into that in a minute. They're trying very hard, but it's just not sticking. And I, I love that because now their work is front and center. And speaking of their work, I have to say it's been really nice in these last couple of days to see Harry and Megan together you know we've been seeing them on their own little projects little but their own projects and but like seeing them sit side by side in the the zoom with their you know continuing the conversation with the leaders of the the queen's commonwealth trust and that was such a great conversation please watch it uh if you haven't watched it yet it it was really such a great conversation they all are they all have been but um to see the way that they like look at each other and just, you know, their conversation and their dynamic when they're listening to one another. I love that. And I'm so glad that they share that with us periodically. Uh, but also just the way they engage with young people who are doing some incredible things in this world. Like the way that that organization promotes and highlights young people who are truly leading all around the world uh, in Commonwealth countries or from Commonwealth countries. And Harry and Meghan as the president and vice president, I think the organization is reflecting very well on its leadership, if I can say so myself. Uh, They are so engaged and that was great foresight to put both of them at the head. There were some rumblings at some point, you know, in the past that somebody else wanted to be the president of the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. And it makes sense that Harry is. And of course, Megan has always been very in touch with young people, even on her own platforms. And she has been for years. So that's right in line with how she goes about staying connected to young people and how they are using their voices, particularly young women and girls. So I will put the link for that entire conversation in the show notes. I really hope you go back and watch it. My favorite was the young woman who went to, I believe she said Oxford, and people that were asking her about how was Oxford and uh, how was Oxford and is it like this? Are you eating this and are you eating lobster? And it's just, she's like, no, I'm I'm just being regular <laughs> and trying to do my studies. But she made a YouTube channel and 
Um, she connected with other students who were doing study videos and just making her experience relatable to show people, especially kids back home, that this is something that you can do too. It's not so unrelatable and so unattainable. And so she just made daily vlogs or videos of her experience as a student on campus. I think that is so incredible just just to have the initiative to share it because, you know, if you think about it, that's one of those things that it's something that you may think about, but it doesn't ever get out of your head. You ever have an idea and you're like, oh, that would be actually pretty cool just to show people that. But you never do it or you kind of get stage fried. I was kind of like that with this podcast. I was just like, well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, but I just did it. Who cares? You know, but then it turns into something where you've actually built a community around the content that you're sharing because people check in, you know, and in the education space that is critical because we all know someone who feels that higher education or may you know when you were younger like you were going you know you knew that student that felt that it wasn't for them or that it was unattainable for them and truthfully it's just not it's for everybody and you know, I would imagine Oxford or, you know, Cambridge or Yale or, you know, those types of schools. I'm sure black and brown students feel out of place all the time. Michelle Obama was very vocal about how, especially, you know, in the 70s, when she went to school, she went to Princeton for her undergrad. I mean, it helped that she had her brother who went there before her, but she felt out of place a lot of times or was made to feel like that wasn't a space for her or that she was only there because she was a certain skin tone or, you know what I mean? But I I love the fact that that young lady had the initiative to share her experience because that means that she's going to reach someone who might not have made the choice to go into higher education, but because of her and her experience it's not so intimidating or they don't feel like it's so unattainable. So I really enjoyed that. Check it out. It's in the show notes. And then also we got to see Harry and Megan doing their volunteer work for baby to baby. Check out episode seven of the Sussex squad podcast. I did a charity spotlight when I used to do those. (laughs) on the podcast uh, of Baby to Baby. That is a great charity. They they do a lot of drives and distribution of supplies that benefit small children. So they hand out a lot of diapers. And of course, with COVID-19 and the pandemic, a lot of families with small children have been impacted by this in a major way. But Leading up to the back-to-school drive that we saw Harry and Megan volunteering at, you could actually buy school supplies that were being donated to the children. I believe you actually still can if you go to their website, but giving them supplies and like backpacks and things like that that they, they're going to need to succeed, whether they're going to school virtually or having to go back to the classroom. But I loved seeing them getting involved with that. And I have a feeling that Megan is going to continue to support that charity. 
she might have been involved with them before even like meeting Harry because she's from L.A. And we know that Megan, she gets down with her charity work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Her mom is a legit social worker uh, and she definitely instilled that in Megan. And so I know a lot of um, actors are involved with that. Female actors, of course, especially when you become a mom, so many of these things are highlighted and then you just instantly empathize with other women, especially if they're struggling just to make sure their their children has the essential items to grow strong, you know? And it was really good to see Harry and Megan getting involved. I also love that Megan is using her voice to compel women to vote. Doesn't matter your age, if you're over 18, get registered vote early if you can, but to use your voice. That's, she's all about using your voice and that includes voting. I know there's been a lot of talk about the suffragettes this week because it's coming up on the anniversary and of um, of that battle. You can call it that girl because it really wasn't inclusive to black women, but sure. Uh, that battle, <laughs> but it, it was a fight of, you know, of its time and still definitely one that I'm grateful for as a woman to be able to use my voice to vote. But I love that she's compelling women to not sit this one out. Our voice is very powerful, especially in this election. This means a lot. Our voice, our vote means a lot this election. But I just saw on Twitter, well, apparently Piss Morgan doesn't like the fact that Megan is using her voice to compel women to vote. The quote that came out of the virtual engagements that she had with when all women vote was that if you are complacent, then you are complicit. Meaning if you don't vote and it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted it to turn out or in a way that's not beneficial for you or as a, especially as a woman, then you were complicit in that. You didn't speak up. You didn't use your voice. You didn't use your power to ensure that it didn't turn out that way. So as we speak, people are lighting him up on Twitter <laughs> and you love to see it. Uh, first and foremost, I knew that when she started talking about voting and she's not even compelling people to vote any particular way, people are just assuming that she is telling people to vote for Trump, but she's not, not vote for Trump, vote against Trump, but she's not saying that at all. She's just saying, vote, use your voice and vote, turn out to the polls. If you can vote early, if you can, she's not saying vote any particular way. She's not saying vote Democrat, but if you think that you are going to take Megan's voice from her while she's a royal, then demand that she leave the royal family, go back to your country. And then now that she's in her country, she's got her voice again. You think you're going to tell her to not use it? You must be out your rabbit ass mind, girl. Like the nerve of these people. I knew, I knew somebody was going to have something to say. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Harry and Meghan now being Americans. Well, Meghan's always been an American. Harry's over here. He's basically 
an American. He's living over here. Arch is an American. You wanted them gone. Like you got what you wanted. And Pierce Morgan was one of the most, and definitely not to talk about him all that much, but like he, we know he was the ringleader of the derangers. Like obsessed. Why is so obsessed with me? I mean, obsessed. And you got what you wanted. You don't actually get to criticize them. You don't get to criticize Megan and Harry for wearing shorts as a volunteer for a charity whose business is none of your business. You don't get to be picky about it. You get to be picky about what Kate and Will wear. You get to be picky about what the others do and say. You don't get to be picky about what Harry and Meghan say after you basically booted them from the country. Yeah, we knew they wanted to leave anyway. We knew Harry always saw himself living a life outside of the constraints of being royal. But y'all kind of expedited that process. Did y'all forget that quick? So essentially, you don't get to say, you can't be a royal anymore. Oh, no, not like that. You don't get to be non-royal like that. You have to be non-royal in another way. You don't get to do that. And by the way, they're always going to be royal because Harry's always going to be a prince. You know, but Pierce Morgan was saying, oh, well, I think the queen needs to strip them of their titles right now. She ain't gonna do that. Honey, we we triple dog dare anybody who has the power over there to do that to do it because we know that you're not hurting Harry and Meghan. You're only kind of shooting yourself in the foot. Like, do they not see it? I mean, they made such a big fuss out of Harry and Meghan even using the word royal. And then anytime you see an article that references them as royals or the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, you got all the power derangers in the Sunflower Brigade talking about, oh, well, you know, they're not royal anymore. Oh, no, she's not the Duchess of Sussex. She never stopped being the Duchess of Sussex. She never stopped being a duchess. Harry never stopped being a duke. Just because they tell people that they meet personally to call them by their first names doesn't mean they don't still hold those titles. But now, because there's nothing else to do and nothing better to talk about, at least in terms of the royal family, because they don't want to talk about everybody else because nobody cares about everybody else. They're trying to drum up clicks and engagement and... You know, they just, they, they can't afford, they literally cannot afford to keep Harry and Meghan's name out of their mouths. But I would love to see it. I would love to see someone try to take Harry and Meghan's titles away from them. Just because I want to see how it backfires. Because I don't call her the Duchess of Sussex anyway. I did in the beginning, you know, just as a show of respect, but I much prefer to call her Meghan Markle because that's the name she made for herself. I don't call Kate the Duchess of Cambridge. I still call her Kate Middleton if I'm ever going to refer to her first and last name or a full name that she's ever had. But Meghan Markle is a name that was recognizable all on her own. And that's because there, there's toil there is work ethic in that name. 
you know? So who cares whether or not she's an actual duchess? Y'all made sure that she wasn't a working royal because it was too painful. And y'all, y'all took a particular interest in ensuring that it was painful as long as she decided to look at herself as upper class in England. Okay, sure, girl, you got what you wanted. So what you complaining about? You don't get to tell an American to not speak on American issues or to not speak on a process that is American. See, because over here we vote for our heads of state. Y'all don't. And right now we're kind of like voting on whether or not we're still going to be a democracy. It's not literally on the ballot, but it's on the ballot. So if Megan wants to lend her voice to tell women, this is your time to shine. You got to get in, in that polling place. You need to vote however you want to vote, but vote. Pierce girl, when are you going to mind your business? When are you going to get some business to mind? Hmm? Please get off that woman's areola. She's not thinking about you. She She's in a whole nother country at this point. What you mad because a house is better than yours? I bet he know the whole layout of the house at this point. So obsessed. And then there are the other thirsty goons who are out here doing the same thing, calling for Megan's titles to be removed just because she asked women in America to use their voices and vote. Megan is trending number nine in America. Megan doesn't trend in America the way she does in England because we're not as obsessed with her in the same way people in England are obsessed with her. We see Megan doing well. We like it. We move on with our lives. But now she's trending, and anytime you see America causing Megan's name to trend, it's because we're defending her. Don't forget, we got 300, more than 300 million people over here. So I see Megan's name trending. Of course, the vast majority, when you just click into the actual trend, because there's usually a section that lets you know why it's trending, and then you can just click into the trend itself and see all the tweets. Those tweets are highly defensive when it comes to Megan. So we're defending her in the sense that we don't understand why people in England are so obsessed with Megan. First of all, we don't even do royalty. And so the fact that we see and of course, us as Sussex Squad, we know why they're making such a big stink of it. But this is, think about it like this. This is a lot of people's introduction into the world of Megan bashing. And everyone has a question mark over their head like, wait, isn't she American? I believe the phrase she's American was even trending yesterday. Isn't she American? Of course she can speak on the most consequential election of our lifetimes she she's not even speaking on the issues she's just saying vote your ballot your vote is your voice use it that's literally all she's saying but because 
the people who are the loudest in criticizing her have platforms of their own. Piers Morgan, Dan Wooten, a couple of other people whose names I don't know or care to know. It's like they all went to a meeting and said, hmm, let's find another excuse today to say let's strip Megan of her title. Because they've been trying to strip the woman of her titles for, I don't know, uh, how long has Megan been married? So... A little over two years. A little over two years. That's about how long they've been doing that. They can't stand that this black woman has a title. They can't stand it. So because she's speaking on behalf of women and just saying, use your voice and vote, but one of the organizations is founded by Michelle Obama and Michelle Obama is vocal about being voting against Trump period. And you can probably guess that Megan is not going to go in there and vote for the same person who called her a nasty person. She's not going to do that, but she never said that. And I know these, some of these same people, they never call for Andrew to be stripped of his titles. Well, he's committed all the crimes and he still hasn't talked to the FBI. Not once has any, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I don't really comb through these folks' tweets like that. Maybe y'all can tell me where Dan Wooten or Piers Morgan or any of the other Megan critics have ever called for Andrew to be stripped of his titles. Because I've never seen it. They they don't even like to talk about what Andrew has done. And you're saying Megan is being unroyal? And again, you cannot have it both ways. And I would I would actually agree with that. Megan is being quote unquote unroyal because as far as my understanding goes, from what I've learned about this clan in the last three or four years, she is being unroyal. Megan and Harry are the most unroyal royals I have ever seen. Because to be royal means to be lazy. To be royal be- means to be sympathetic to nonsense. To be royal means to be backbiting. And it means to be completely dependent on taxpayers' funds. So yeah, Harry and Meghan are royal. Who they are are independent individuals who care about certain issues. And they actually promote those issues. They don't hide behind them as a way to secure those taxpayers' funds while doing nothing for the actual charities in the way that we've seen Will and Kate, their charities go bankrupt. And we're talking about charities that do very important work. I I may be misremembering this, but I do recall someone in a Zoom call with Kate saying, and this is just to illustrate a point. Well, we haven't seen you in eight years. It would be nice to see you again. You haven't been by our charity in eight years. You'll never say that about Megan. You'll never say that about Harry. And so 
You're right. They're not royal. But what again, I'm going to repeat what I just said a moment ago. I would love for anyone who has the power to do so to go ahead and try and strip Megan of her title. Not that she is somehow married to this idea of being a duchess. Again, sis made a name for herself. And understand Meghan Markle is trending, not the Duchess of Sussex. People address her as that because that is her title. But I would love to see someone try to strip her of that title. Y'all don't really want that. Y'all don't really want that. You just want to be loud in your criticisms of her. But you don't actually want the consequence that comes from someone trying to now after basically trying to boot her out of the, the country and out of the family. You want to try to, you, as if you think that's going to somehow shame her or make someone feel so sad about the lack of a title. I, I, I would love to see it. Just because the world now would shine a spotlight on the family or the, the entity that, that, does indeed strip her of the title and say, well, you mean to tell me Andrew still has his title? I mean, I just would love to see it. But here's the thing. I would equally love to see, and this is not a campaign that I'm somehow starting or or am behind in the sense that I'm going to speak about it on a regular basis, but, you know, I would love to see Harry and Meghan say, you know, screw your titles. We don't need those. And relinquish them and then see what you got to criticize her about. Because then now you're really running out of everything to criticize Megan on. Because she doesn't need the title. And anything you try to do against her is only making her more popular. We've already established that she already has a billion dollar brand. Just this weekend... Megan sold out a mask. She sells out everything she wears, but we're just talking about an article of clothing or a mask. She sold out the mask that she wore and she, she deliberately supported a black female owned business. That mask sold out in a matter of an hour or so. I think it's back, but sold out just for showing up in it. Megan hasn't even begun to make money as far as we know, not, not in a sense that, and by the way, now that she's no longer a uh, royal and she's not publicly funded, she doesn't have to share anything related to their finances. We don't have to know what her clothes cost. We don't have to know what their housing costs. We don't have to know any of that. Megan, we don't even, everything that she's done up to this point has been for the benefit of other charities. Things that people would ordinarily get paid for. We're in a pandemic. Megan hasn't even done speaking yet. Not for her fee. And we know that fee will be substantial, both she and her husband. So the fact that these people are under such illusions that Megan needs this title. She doesn't need the title to command a fee. She didn't need the title to become a millionaire in her own right. She doesn't need a title to 
demonstrate that she is hardworking, not just for herself, but on behalf of other entities, of other people. Take the title. We don't care. But, you know, I don't think Megan necessarily wants to cause a ruckus, but I would love to see her just throw that title right back up in their faces and say, here you go, girl. We don't need it. We don't need it over here. We don't have those over here. Did y'all forget? Like, we're American. We don't do that over here. That holds no weight over here is what I'm saying. There's a reason Harry and Meghan tell people that they meet. Nah, just call me Harry. Nah, it's just Meghan. Just call me Meghan. The title means more to you than it does to them. Let's be clear on that. So, girl, we don't care nothing about the titles. Take them. Take them. But see, I want to see it. I want to see it make it official. So I can be messy because I want to be messy. <laughs> I, I want to see it but see here's what we know all seriousness they ain't got the balls to do that they don't have the balls to do that because that you know that would pretty much be like the last nail in the coffin that would be the last nail in the coffin and they don't want to do that so right now they just want to be on twitter talking about the title and talking about megan and but you know there's no real follow through with that. It's all, how can I use Megan's name this week? How can I get engagement this week? How can I somehow get clicks to my articles this week? And Dan Wooten, girl, we know why you hate black women so much. It's because you want to be one. And I guess in your mind, Megan stole your man too. But what I love is how now the rest of the world that again, wasn't paying as close attention. They can see why Harry and Meghan left. And again, January is going to be hilarious because if you thought there was a slight chance that they were going to come back and even be half in, half out, honestly, I can't even believe that Harry and Meghan offered to be part-time royals and the royals decided and the tabloids helped the royals decide that that was not acceptable thank god they did what a what a victory at the end of the day can you imagine harry and megan having to go back to do a job for a country that is so ungrateful and i'm not talking about the british public here i'm talking about the family and the tabloids Y'all had the perfect opportunity to have Harry and Meghan for half of the year or for a good portion of the year to be doing work in England. But see, here's what they thought. And this is where it's so funny to me. They thought that Harry and Meghan was somehow going to be struggling out here and that they would come crawling back. And when told that they would have to be completely independent and not being part-time royal because of these tax dollars that y'all seem to be so married to and protective of, that you thought Harry and Meghan would decide that they needed those too. And they don't. And now that they're out here thriving the way they always were meant to be thriving, 
y'all are really upset about it. You can't say why you're upset about it, but you're clearly bothered. You had the perfect opportunity to have them part-time and you didn't want them. It's going to be, it's going to be hilarious just to see them coming back to England. And I, I can't wait for it. For whatever reason, they have to go back at any given point. You know what? I hope the one year review is via Zoom. Can we just keep it consistent? I hope it's by Zoom. Because, you know, winter time, that's flu season anyway. So, yeah, let's just make it Zoom. Let's just cut it off and everybody just go their separate ways. Because, again, y'all didn't want that. Now you wish you had that. Anyway. But to transition into the book, I, I find it laughable that ultimately a lot of people behind the scenes that were aides and staff and courtiers for the royal family, and you could you could probably sense it in some of the comments that you would come across on the internet, they didn't want Megan in particular because this is the one thing that has never changed. They have never stopped having love for Harry. And they only speak negatively about him as a way to insult her, but never as a way to insult him. And none of it is warranted anyway, but they didn't want Megan to become bigger than Diana. This is what I just read in the book. Now, isn't that something? They were trying so hard to rein in this woman's popularity to rein in their popularity as a couple because really their impact and their popularity multiplied when they got together as a couple and became the Sussexes. They're trying so hard. They tried then when they were in the royal family as working royals and they're trying so hard now. But see, when they were in England, they thought they had the control to be able to rein in the public interest. Yeah, they might not have been popular with the courtiers and they might not have been, they were popular with the press, but the press wasn't really giving them any positive coverage for all of the things that they were doing for the Rory family and by extension England. But they wanted to rein this couple in so bad. The irony is that now that they are not behind palace walls and not in control of the gray suits or the gray men and pretty much on their own, their popularity is about to explode. You ever notice when Megan does anything, it's all over Twitter? Now, I know we follow a lot of people that pretty much just share and retweet a lot of that stuff anyway, but all kinds of outlets are doing stories within minutes. Same for Harry. What y'all going to do now? And so I do feel like there is a little bit of that fear that's starting to spill through uh, through some of the tabloids. Not that I necessarily read them, but you do. See, I see people talking about articles, talking about tweets and things like that, doing screenshots and stuff, which I don't really mind because it's Twitter. But there's a fear that they're not going to be able to do anything to keep Harry and Meghan from being so dominant that they end up eclipsing the popularity of the royal family anyway, which you could argue they've already done. 
And the thing is, they're not asking anybody to do anything for them. But everybody saw what happened to them. Everybody saw what happened to them. And I don't know why the perpetrators of the wrongs that were done against Harry and Meghan thought that, like, they could control the narrative when everybody has, like, the internet (laughs) in their pocket. Like, how dumb are you? But we all saw what happened. And we're not going to let you forget. Like, that's the important part. And so, yeah, don't get it twisted. We're still going to look at the charities and we're still going to promote their messages. But there's a second side to that coin. And we're not going to let you forget how trash you are. That includes Piers Morgan. That includes the royal family, especially now that I feel like we we pretty much got the go ahead. Not necessarily to harp on it, but Megan said so herself. And then it's underscored by this book that they tried to pretty much handicap her behind the scenes in order to rein in her popularity because they just couldn't stomach how how popular and how interested the public was in her. So the aides and the gray men and the tabloids and the critics, they relished the opportunity to try to remind Harry and Megan that they weren't, in their minds anyway, on the top tier. And there's a telling paragraph in this book that kind of lets me know what Harry and Meghan were up against as long as they were there and into their future had they decide to stay there and stick it out. And I'm reading from the book here, a second aide who had been involved in the meetings on the brothers' futures explained, where you're born in this family dictates your position of power. And because of that, Harry has always come second to his brother, especially when it comes to funding. There were times in the past that Harry wanted to take on bigger projects and do more work, but he couldn't get the money to support it. William was always the priority. A lot of their quarrels have been over budgets. That's what happens when you are in business with your family. So first of all, imagine this institution that seems to promote a lack of work ethic. They support a lack of work ethic. They support pretending to work, having control over whether your projects get funding or not. And then because their primary goal is to rein you in, and somehow turn part of the public against you because you're just too popular. Imagine them having control over whether you get funding for your projects. While the relevance of the royal family still rests heavily on your shoulders. Harry and Meghan, I'm not surprised they didn't ask Charles to help them with the purchase of this house. Because whether it comes from the Duchy of Cornwall or the Sovereign Grants or the taxpayers, they don't want nothing to do with that money. That's first of all. But secondly, I'm curious to see now just what the others that are there, those that are directly in line, whether it be Will and Kate, Charles and Camilla, you know, you got everything that you wanted. 
you know, the, the, the haters got what they wanted. The tabloids got what they wanted. And the family, you got, you got her out. She's out. You know, they out here living life in L.A. To live and die in L.A. We love it. Y'all got what y'all wanted. So now let's see what you do with all the money that now that you don't have any competition. I mean, we know y'all building 15,000 pound hedges so the public can't look in. You know, I know some of that money go to fuel in that big old helicopter and things of that nature. What are you doing? Because from what I can see, yeah, William was born first, so maybe he gets the bigger budget. But all they seem to be doing lately is complaining about working. You know, you got Arthur Edwards on TV begging people to come back, girl. Y'all so y'all don't even know what y'all want. But one thing we do know is Harry and Meghan know what they want. And I wonder if that was a problem from day one. They were too headstrong. They didn't just go whichever way the wind blows. And they didn't just do what people told them to do. You know, but now that you got the budget to yourself, you got the tabloids to yourself, you girl, you got Instagram to yourself. What you gonna do? You got the whole spotlight. Have y'all even noticed that Kensington Royals Instagram doesn't even go up anymore? I told ya, told ya. <laughs> I mean, it's petty. I'm not really gonna go down that rabbit hole. But they not buying followers the way they were. You know what I mean? So you you were faking the funk and now you can't fake it anymore because everybody's watching. But you don't care to compete on Instagram the way that you did because there's no other account to compete against. So you don't have to buy any followers. You know, but now that... And the pandemic, if you really think about it, the pandemic is really saving them for the time being when the pandemic is over and nobody is worried about getting coronavirus and, you know, masks have gone away for the most part. Y'all still going to have to do work. And you're still going to have to show and prove that you have earned your keep. So I'm still waiting on that. But. I'm also waiting on Harry and Meghan's, whenever that is. I hope it's no time soon. But Harry and Meghan's first appearance post-pandemic back in England. I want to see how the girls behave. Because I know the public's going to be happy to see them there, right? Oh, but that is going to be a funny time. It's going to be a funny time. Because we know the tabloids are starving. It's hilarious to watch. But then we also know that the royal families, they feel a drop in relevance when Harry and Meghan left. And they're so thirsty for it again. It, it, it's really going to be something to watch. And I cannot wait. Again, y'all had the chance to have them part-time. You didn't want it. Y'all have a love-hate relationship with Megan. She makes y'all the money. She brings y'all the relevance. But you don't actually want to look at her, do you? Because she reminds you of all of your shortcomings. I'm with Stephanie. 
Megan needs to take out a restraining order on the whole island. Everybody involved. Well, except for her fans over there. Restraining order. Y'all stay at least 100 feet away. Period. Because the level of obsession with this woman is, quite frankly, it's disturbing. It's disturbing. And I know it's rooted in the fact that you can't understand why nothing seems to take her down. And it gets under your skin. You can't understand it. But maybe it's because you're living in a different time. In your head, you think that it should be so easy to take her down with a few articles here or there. It should be easy to take her down when you're collaborating with the royal family in order to do that. And here she is. Adjacent to power, it's just like she can't lose. And so now in your mind, you're determined to see to it that she fails. And we're all laughing because you're only taking yourself down. When you dig one grave, girl, dig two. Because the grave you dig for somebody else is going to be the one you're buried in. And so with that, that is pretty much all I have for today. This podcast has gotten way too long. (laughs) But I will be coming back with another part. uh, Just because I'm not done. There are so many things I want to say. But I... I I honestly am sometimes just dumbfounded at the nerve of some of these people. But I promise you, I'll come back with another another one. Hey, uh, make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Sussex Squad. By the way, Jack, free me, okay? So I am suspended. I, I'm suspended on Twitter. If you haven't seen me on Twitter, I have a, I have another account. But if you haven't uh, seen me on Twitter, that is why. Uh, yeah, Jack Jack told me that I had to sit it out for seven days because I, as I said on on my Instagram, I told Trump to get in the dirt. I know that's not a nice thing to say somebody to somebody, but um, yeah, screw him. Anyway, so. I have another like four or five days before you see me active over there again, but you can still follow me. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Sussex Set. Love hanging out with my peeps over there. And of course, you can find me on Patreon at Sussex Set. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Thanks for your support as well. And of course, keep shining your light. If for no other reason than the fact that you might be lighting the way for somebody else and not even be aware of it. So... Please take care of yourselves, and until next time, peace. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Kill me.